Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Do you think you're a good house guest, Lucky? House guest? Yeah, do you think when someone invites you to your ho- to their home that you're you're polite and yes. courteous? And- yes, I think so. Outside of the being a little bit of the picky eater on things, mm. that might be a bit of an annoyance uh, for some I could see, foresee. Mm-hmm. But I think otherwise I'm pretty low maintenance. I think I'm a terrific house guest. You know, I remember the last time I was invited to a house. I think it was like in 1986, 87. <laughs> I, was, I was great at it. Uh, when none of us have been invited to a, to a home or a cottage in some time, uh, we're slowly getting back to that, and that'll happen eventually. You might need to uh, polish up on your, uh, your manners when you go to somebody else's house. Right. Uh, things like uh, no wiping your dirty hands or greasy hands on their uh, furniture. Yeah, that that's a given, you would think. Maybe your kids might do that. That's always the panic when you have young kids, too, and you're going to visit somebody. Right. I remember having the long, drawn-out speech in the car with the boys about how we're going to someone's house. house. Please, please don't treat it like a, like it's a, you know, a play box. It's a jungle gym. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird, too, because as much as I think, you know, you don't have to necessarily make, you know, a ton of accommodations for people. If you know you've got kids coming over, mm. you kind of have to have an area where they can mm. be kids. Like, they're mm-hmm. going to be kids, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If you think they're just going to sit in the dining room and uh, and stay still for the four hours that they're there, <laughs> not happening. Put that Ming vase away. <laughs> yeah, you've got a TV room with some yeah. sort of remote control. Put it on. Um don't be putting your feet up on their couch with the shoes on. Now that's that's oh. much more an American thing than a Canadian thing. I, well, I, think. I would say this: Why are you putting your feet up on the couch to begin with? To begin with, mm. anywhere, like mm. even if it's your socks or you know, even worse, bare feet. If you if you're invited over somewhere, eh, just keep your feet on the floor for a bit. But you're right; the the American thing of of wearing shoes in the house has always been awkward for me. Going upstairs without being invited or or asked, you know, you, there are certain right. parts of a house that you shouldn't just start yeah. roaming around. Yeah, you don't. It's it's you don't get to take your own tour. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and the medicine cabinet too is off limits. That's right. Showing up with a dog without asking. Now, this is something that you're going to have to deal with down right. the road. What do you do if uh, somebody says no? Right. Well, then you got to make other arrangements. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just like if you're going to a, a hotel that doesn't allow pets, then. You know, either go somewhere else mm. or make other arrangements. I think often, too, there are people uh, who would feel guilty or bad about saying no to you bringing your dog, but they do it begrudgingly. Yeah, you know, probably. Especially if they're not pet owners. Yep. You know. Um, walking in the front door without knocking. I think that depends on how close you are. Yeah. I mean, if it's your brother or sister's place, I guess, you know, but yeah. I, well, I guess if you're invited over for any reason, you should knock on your way in. <laughs> you know, whether or not you, ha- you, know, you can knock and walk in, you know, but you don't have to sit and, sit and wait at the door for them. Well, knocking gives the opportunity to for everybody to settle down from the fight they just had. Right. You know, you and your spouse on the car ride over, you can both say, okay, we're here. Let's play nice. We'll settle this later. And, of course, the uh, the hosts who are just gritting their teeth at one another as they open the door to say, hello. Yes. Welcome to our home. Uh, changing channels on the TV without asking is a no-no. Huh. 
Well, I guess if you're all watching, yes, and you're someone else's house. <laughs> Come in and go, it's a hockey game on. <laughs> uh, not taking the hint that it's time to leave. Mm. You know, if they've fallen asleep on the couch and you're saying one more round of Scrabble. Right. It's, and, and I, it's interesting because, you know, I found that with with Italian family. That uh, it goes really, really late For days, like <laughs> into the night, early into the morning. Yeah, you think, boy, there's a there's a memo. I don't know how. I thought maybe getting up and cleaning up and putting my pajamas on yeah. might have been a sign. We, uh, when the lovely Maria and I got engaged, we went around and visited all her uncles and aunts, and it didn't matter what time of day she had to, you know, bring me around and say, "This is the guy I'm marrying," and it always started with. Really? <laughs> Did your original fiance die? Yeah. Must be second place. Now I'd be like, is this your Uber driver? <laughs> he, he, your fiance must be in the car. He's, he's, he's parking. We could show up on a Saturday at noon or a Sunday at 6 p.m. It wouldn't matter. We were there till the next morning. Wow. Because the food and the booth, the cognac would flow, and then old family stories would come up, and right. then everybody would end up at tears at about 4 a.m. <laughs> because everybody's drunk. And then I'd be like, we have, to, we have to work. Like some Sunday mornings, I would get home, shower, and go to work. Right. I'd been up all night drinking. Aye. Yeah, crazy. They don't do that so much anymore because they've all gotten a lot older. They've, <laughs> they've settled down quite a bit. Uh, and finally for you, Lucky, the thing you should always remember, passing gas openly in the house. Is it no no? Is it no no? As a guest? Yeah, usually that's your gift. Yeah, yeah. That's your housewarming gift. Well, not really. No. <laughs> not openly. <laughs> like that's the, the the get up and walk around, you yeah. know, or walk to the bathroom. <laughs> Poopers full. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> Summer holidays, not that far away now. A couple of weeks, I guess, for the kids. So oh, they can't wait. Well, they can move from one end of the couch to the other. <laughs> Some, I think, have just completely given up. Oh, too. I would think. Well, listen, even when we were in school, really, what was going on in June? Right. You know, especially if it was getting real warm and there's no air in the uh, in the older schools and teachers would just move us outside. We'd sit on the lawn or sit under a tree or we'd turn the lights off and watch, watch a, a movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right>. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it was just the countdown was on, and you just got so excited that final day of bailing out of school and heading home and just having the whole summer. It just was an amazing time when you were a kid to uh, to do that. And uh, and that's why when they talk sometimes about, you know, carrying school on through the summer and kind of getting kids to uh, get into that routine. I mean, I, I kind of think it might be okay in high school perhaps, but you got to let, you know, you're only a kid once. You got to let them have their summers and mm. do all of that. Anyhow, there's so many things that we have to do as adults that we didn't have to do as kids that make us feel a little nostalgic for our childhood. Things like not having to pay bills or not having basically any worries in life, spending all day playing, not have to work, being excited to wake up on your birthday, you know, as you age. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You kind of go, I'll I'll let this one slide by. (laughs) Pretend it didn't happen. Playing in the park, having someone cook all your meals. Seeing friends every day at school, all that type of stuff. Chauffeured know. around. Oh, yeah, but you know, it's like fantastic. anything, right? We don't appreciate it. Right? No, you know. no, no, no. Youth it, is wasted on the young, that's what they say. And I think that's probably true of all things, right? Like, you know, when, when, when I look back now to, like, raising my kids and all the frustrations that go with that. I mean, it's a lot of work and you have to, you know, just kind of give up on yourself and focus on them entirely. And there are so many times you're like, "Oh, I can't wait till I don't have to do this anymore or that anymore." And you do end up looking back on it through rose-colored glasses. Just like, yep. you know, even now for whatever stresses or things that are going on in our lives, 
10 years down the road, we'll look back. Not that we'll look back on this pandemic and wish we were in that again, but there will be stuff we will look back on and go, oh, you know, it was pretty good back then. We right. just don't appreciate the now. We never do. And I think, you know, that's where the grandparent factor comes in, where people like becoming grandparents because you right. get a little bit of that nostalgia right. without a lot of the work yeah. <laughs> and, and as much of the responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and again, you know, probably at the time, even for some grandparents, like I remember my mom and dad, when they were living up in Port McAlcohol, and, you know, we wouldn't see them for... <laughs> for weeks on weeks and months on end we'd go up and spend like a, a week with them in the summer you know we hadn't seen them since say christmas or right. whatever and uh and then with about 48 hours in as much as my mom was happy to see her grandsons and all of that she'd turn to me and she'd go were you always this loud right you know <laughs> why are your kids always running around and never stop eating or making noise I imagine for you know the last year or so if there's been you know families that haven't been gathering together mm. and staying over and mm-hmm. spending weekends or weeks together on vacation they're probably gonna have oh yeah <laughs> oh i've been missing them so much and then 24 hours later going holy crap where's the tylenol <laughs> this is enough i would think that it's got to be tough uh, as a uh, clothing designer to be coming up with new ideas but then maybe you shouldn't you should just stick with the tested and true because every time they come up with something new it just makes no sense there's now jeans that are selling for $375 from some South Korean co- clothing co- company and they're called flash jeans and from the knee up they look normal but halfway down there's a slanted cut across both pant legs so the top half of each leg doesn't quite line up with the bottom half. It looks like something you'd wear in the Matrix. Right. 375 bucks for jeans that don't match up. <laughs> if you want that, there's that. Okay. And, uh, and um, the Gap is uh, selling a new uh, Kanye uh, West jacket. You know, that whole presidential run didn't work out so well. (laughs) He neither did the marriage, but anyway. that's right. So uh, he's designed a new jacket for the Gap, and everybody's just saying it's downright ugly. It looks like a moon boot for your uh, torso. (laughs) There's no zipper or buttons. It just stays open all the time. Kanye was spotted wearing the jacket last week. Of course. It doesn't look any better on him. (laughs) But people want it because Kanye developed it, and uh, people are crashing the Gap website. Supposedly, the jacket brought the most traffic to the site's history ever. Now, you know, the Gap and Old Navy are usually known for their reasonable pricing. Mm. Is this jacket among those? 200 bucks. Oh. Yeah. And what is it with, speaking of jackets, you know, we've been through this hot streak I can't tell you the amount of young people I've seen now walking around with like heavy coats on still. Yeah, winter jackets and hoods. I don't. I yeah. I saw a dude in, in in hoodie and jeans the other day, and it's like like thirty four with humidity. Yeah, it's bizarre. They're trying to sweat off the pounds, maybe, or hide them, or hide something else. Yeah, but some of these people they don't look. I mean, from what I can tell, any as I'm driving by and screaming at them. <laughs> They they uh, they don't seem like they're uh, doing it for that reason. They they look so thin. They look like they need the coat on to keep warm, even when it's thirty. It's a weird concept, and maybe it's just Oshawa. I don't know. Maybe, it but is. it's either they've got no clothes on, <laughs> or they've got way too many. Yeah, you see all the dudes out there. I saw a couple walking up the street. They're out. Obviously, they're out for their stroll. You can tell when people 
aren't just out for a walk as right. compared to heading somewhere for a purpose. Yes. And there was a man, an older man, and his wife, and she was dressed, you know, as you would be. And he's just down to the shorts and nothing else. And I think to myself, as they're heading out the door, did she not turn to him and say, put on a shirt? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? And he said, I'll do what I want to do. That's right. That's right. You never understood me. <laughs> uh, I stood in front of the mirror today, and I noticed that I'm already getting the farmer tan. You know, from golf, you get the tan on the arms. Right, and yeah. The chest. But that doesn't mean I'm walking up and down Ritson. No. <laughs> <laughs> With my shirt off. No. We have backyards for that kind of thing. <laughs> Even there. <laughs> You'd swim in a full body suit. <laughs> I'm not a shirt on in the pool guy, but uh, I'm only off, tarp off when I'm going into the pool. <laughs> so when you get out of the pool, are you shirt back on? Uh, I, I, it depends on the setting. I mean, if I'm right. standing around with a bunch of people. Like if you're at a resort and all-inclusive. Would right. you come out of the pool and throw your shirt back well, on? Because no, I'm on vacation there. Right, I don't right. know these people, right. so I really could care less right, right. about their opinion of my belly. Right. Um, but, I mean, you know, if you're sitting around to eat, I would probably throw a shirt back oh, on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, if we're having you know, people around the pool and we sit down for lunch or something, and I, yeah, I'd throw a shirt on to sit down at the table. Right. Eat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you want people to eat, not throw up. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Myers is back. Throw in a yet, baby, yeah, if you wanted to there, I guess. Oh, well, yeah, I've seen him on those really funny Uber Eats commercials. He's been doing that, but he's also got a new Netflix limited series coming out. But here's the deal with Mike. Uh, he's going to play seven different characters in this six-episode, half-hour comedy. Okay. That's been his go-to, his forte. Yeah. Back to the Austin Powers stuff. Yeah, him and uh, Eddie Murphy seem to like to do that. Uh, the show is based on a secret society of five men who have been working to influence the world since the uh, Black Plague of 1347. And uh, one uh, journalist, a Canadian journalist supposedly, probably played by Mike, will try to uncover the truth and save the world. Now, there are others in the show, even though he's playing so many parts. Ken Jeong is in it, and okay. uh, and uh, Keegan uh, Michael Key oh, wow. is uh, going to be a part of the cast as well. I don't know about having a plague show right now, but mm. sure, let's go with it. Well, it's it's based on these people since the Black Plague, so how right. much of the Black Plague is uh, a part of it, I don't know. People are still concerned about the vaccine. <laughs> I don't know, it came out 1347, I'm not, I'm not quite sure yet. Drink this. I don't know if I should take this. Anyhow, that's good to see Mike Myers back and working, because he really did disappear uh, for a long time. Uh-huh. I have, uh, you know, it's funny with Mike Myers. I have one story about him, and it's kind of dis. Sometimes it's kind of really disappointing when you meet somebody. And there was this, uh, remember when they used to do the uh, Canada Walk of Fame down there at Roy Thompson Hall? Yes. And uh, and I got sent down there one time to, because um, I think this was the same year, Mike Myers was there. I think he wasn't being inducted. I think Lauren Michaels was being inducted. But, but Mike Myers is going to be there. And this might have been around the height of Wayne's World and other things. And so I got uh, bamboozled into throwing on a tuxedo and uh, going into the uh, media line and trying to get Mike Myers to join us on this radio show I was working on. And uh, I met Lauren Michaels very, very briefly, like for seconds, where I... Uh, they were all coming out of, after they had done some kind of um, thing indoors, they were all coming out to meet the media and, and a, say a couple of words. Mm. And so I uh, tried to slide a business card into Lauren Michael's hand, and he looked at it and dropped it like I put a piece of poop in his palm. <laughs> 
And so that was the end of that. And uh, and I couldn't get near Mike Myers because he was, you know, just at the height of his fame. And he was just surrounded by either media or security or whoever. So there was no chance I could get to him to do the same thing. So I thought, well, I, 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 I'm in this monkey suit. I should try to slide in to the dinner. A closed door private dinner. Of course, yes. And I did. I got in. I just kind of walked right through. You know, sometimes when you act like you're supposed to be there, nobody yes. questions it. And I'm in this tuxedo, so security, whoever, probably thought, oh, I'm at, at, some, I'm at some table. Yeah. Can't stop him. Can't stop him. He seems like he's supposed to be here. And, uh, and so I, I sneak in. <laughs> the long hair and the packet de Maurice probably should have given it away. Yeah. All the acne might have been a problem. <laughs> but anyhow, I get in, and uh, Dan Aykroyd was sitting there with his wife. He was a part of the whole thing as well because SNL and his connection to Lauren. And he couldn't have been nicer. Like, I walked up to him and said, hello, Mr. Aykroyd. We actually had him booked for something coming up. And so I introduced myself as that. And, and he's like, oh, sit down. Great to meet. Like, really a nice, nice man. Mm. My wife. and I mean, really, he could have said to anybody, get this kid out of here. Right. Because this is a closed-door private, you know. Yes. There is a moment for celebrities, and I get it, or for any high-ranking official or whatever. There's You're not a, on camera. That's right. There's a moment for privacy, and there's a moment when you've got to be on Anyhow, then I see Mike Myers sitting uh, a couple of tables over. So I think, well, this is my chance. And he's sitting there with his then wife. And I walk over and I introduce myself. Now, the theory was I was supposed to tell him that Wayne's World uh, was, uh, it was believed had come from a, a radio bit that had happened in Toronto years ago. The okay. theory always had been amongst people who worked at this particular station that it was a bit that had happened and that they believed he got the idea from that. I try to explain. I start, you know, trying to explain why. I'm Did you there. have a microphone on you at the time? No, no. I just oh. went up to him and because I, I was trying to get him on our show. Okay, gotcha. As the producer of this particular show, yeah. it was my job to try to get guests. Right. Being a producer of a radio show is the worst. Not a lot game. of fun. No. no, I didn't know if you were actually, you were trying to get audio from no, him. No, okay. no, 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 no. Just up there to introduce myself. Well, I... As a human being, you could just, even if I'm annoying you a little bit, you put on a bit of a face. Right. Nice to meet you. Hey, great. Yeah, I used to love that station. He wouldn't even open his mouth. He just stared at me like I had just killed his dog. <laughs> you know, and you just think of Mike Myers as being so, you know, funny. Right. And with that, you think lighthearted. Or personable. Personable. Right. Nope. Not so much. <laughs> so then, of course, I told that story on the air, and I'd go off on him at any chance I could because he was always so pro-Toronto and pro-the Leafs. And all. Like, you know, he'd have his Leaf jersey on at a game, and I'm like, oh, that's just all fake and phony for the cameras. This guy doesn't give a crap. The best part of him for Toronto is when he's on a flight out of it back to L.A. Oh, yeah, he was on my hit list for a very long time. Not that the original version of The Exorcist needs to be any scarier, but it turned out one of the actors from it was a real-life serial killer. Whoa. The guy who played a surgeon's assistant was later convicted of killing six men. I don't know who that actor was. I'd have to look it up. But right. I haven't seen that movie in a very long time, and I'm not interested in watching it. <laughs> I'm not going time. back no. not for that. Nice summer warm day. What should I do? I'll sit inside and watch The Exorcist again. <laughs> The word for one piece of ravioli is raviolo. Okay. Yeah. I'll just have a raviolo, please. I have one. Well, listen, you, you go to a fancy enough restaurant, and they mm. don't give you very many of them. And they charge you $22. That's right. This costs you 17 cents to make. <laughs> 
Yeah, pasta in any restaurant is one of the all-time great scams. I mean, I love a great plate of pasta in right. a nice restaurant. But well, yeah. especially if it's fresh made, like yeah. homemade pasta. Yeah. You know, when they're you know, just emptying the box of Primo. Yeah, and charging you thirty five ninety five. <laughs> it's very expensive here. Sauce <laughs> is very rare. Yes. <laughs> we have to pay someone to open that box of Catelli. <laughs> That's right. Um, you could fit every single planet, every single planet, between the Earth and the moon and still have 5,000 miles to spare. Wow. Yeah. Okay. About 25% of the hazelnuts in the world are used to make Nutella. Like a quarter. A quarter of them. A quarter of them. My yeah. goodness. Yeah. I, like, and are there that many countries that eat it? I guess it's a worldwide phenomenon. Yeah. Like, like, I, I can't imagine that like, there, you know, there are many countries around the middle of the planet that are going, you know, I would just like some toast, but this toast is getting dry. <laughs> I need chocolate spread to put on. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is. I mean, chocolate is probably popular around the entire this world. This is true. So. And you got so many chocolates that use hazelnuts in mm-hmm. them too, right? Or, 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 but not necessarily just Nutella. It is a strange product that uh, Italians have just, they love it. They love it, and uh, well, and what kills me on it is is the name Nutella mm. or Nutella because it's a nut. You know, you think it should be Nutella, right? Right. But there are so many that say new. Ah, uh, they're just like they're trying to refine it. Listen, it's chocolate. I'm married into that fan. They're just difficult. <laughs> they're just difficult. I've married into them. <laughs> Beautiful country, very passionate people. All of the food is amazing, but they're just, I don't know, difficult. Uh, Shaped like a boot, you Uh want to kick them sometimes. Uh The Jerry Seinfeld character dated 66 different women over the course of Seinfeld. All above his league. All of these relationships failed for different and usually crazy reasons, yeah. Yeah. Do you think he ever sees that show now, looks at it and goes, boy, I really wish I could go back and change some of the fashion. Boy, those uh, high-riding jeans of his and tucked-in dress shirts. Tucked-in shirts, lots of them. Yeah. No belt. The, the running shoes with the jeans was always a good look. Yeah. Well, I guess that was the time. And I think he goes back and says, well, that made me $90 million. Uh-huh. Thank you. I'll cash that <laughs> a check. Year. I'll, I'll do that again. Barry Manilow wrote the jingle for State Farm Insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. He also okay. wrote the jingle for Band-Aid. I'm stuck on Band-Aid brand because Band-Aid stuck on me. That was Barry Manilow? Yeah, he wrote the Coke theme. He wrote like a ton of TV commercial yeah. Uh, things. Yeah, he's done all right. Yeah, he made some money. The version of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with Gene Wilder was kind of a bomb. It only it cost $3 million to make. It only made $4 million in the box office in 1971 and has gone on to be considered like a classic. Really? You know? I think uh, most, uh, most people have seen it or read the book at least. Uh, the medical term for a unibrow <laughs> is a synophorus. Oh, okay. Struggling with my synophorus. <laughs> Caterpillar majorio. <laughs> I don't know that it needs a, a medical term because no. it's not really something you have to go to your doctor for. Tweezers. Yeah. Go to an esthetician. <laughs> get that thing waxed. And, Although uh, there are some that are just really thick. Like, like crazy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You think, my goodness. Yeah. And, and the the, uh, the eyebrow is an odd thing because you don't really even consider it ever. Here's something I've noticed with age. Uh, my eyebrows, I never remember them growing. Now they're yeah. twirling out of the side <laughs> like a... 
<laughs> I got I to gotta go to a hairdresser just for my eyebrows. It really is weird as a dude. Like, you know, hair on the top stops yeah. and disappears. Everything below it, mm. bushy. Yeah, out the ears, the nose. <laughs> I mean, my nose hair. I have to. I'm I'm tweezing that th- three times a day. <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, God. I swear, I can tweeze away. <laughs> I can tweeze away. Get in the car, and there's a tree sticking out of my nose. When you sneeze, it's like a porcupine throwing <laughs> like quills. That. It's crazy. <laughs> and I notice when I look in my nose, there's always one that's gone white. Like it's a, it's like it's a, it's a gray hair. <laughs> And it's always there. I'll, I'll, I'll pluck it, and like four hours later, I'll go, and I'm back. <laughs> Just taunting me constantly. And finally, banana slugs. There's something interesting about banana slugs. Okay. They have bigger junk than humans. <laughs> banana slugs are about six to eight inches long. And believe it or not, when they get engorged, its junk is also six to eight inches long. The same size yeah. as it? So think of a human. When you got excited, it was the same size as you. Walking down the street beside you. <laughs> so when she calls you sluggish. <laughs> it's a compliment. Yeah. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.